the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, sometimes people get this idea that they can show their Christianity by getting mad. Oh, I stood up for righteousness. I told that unbeliever off. I pointed my righteous finger at him, and I said, in the name of the Lord, you have led the church astray. And people feel good doing that. You ever hear someone do that? I have. And they think they're God's gift to the church. Well, that is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. The last time we were together, we brought you the first portion of Purity and Purpose in the New Life. We'll complete that message here today. And if you've missed any portion of it, don't worry, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and everybody is welcome. You can also catch it online live at reachinghearts.org slash video. I'll have more details on that at the close of our broadcast here today. Let's get underway. With the conclusion to Purity and Purpose in the New Life, here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We will stand before God righteous on the last day because Jesus is the pure one, the righteous one. He is the man in linen, and he will have washed our robes white in the blood of the Lamb. We will have worked with him to allow him to do that in our lives. And so really, purity is the fruit of righteousness by faith. It's the fruit of centering our commitment in Jesus, the capable one, the pure one. And hanging around Jesus in his word Sticking with the church in service and love, Christ's purity becomes ours because of our connection to him. 1 John 3, verse 3, Beloved, we are God's children. Now look at this verse real hard. We are God's children when? What does it say? Tomorrow, when you get perfect. I mean, there's some people who think you become God's children when you get your act together. Does that say that? It says we are God's children when? Now. Now, I live in the now. I live somewhere between what I was and what I will ultimately be. Right now, God is my Father. Now, here's the reality of it. It says, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we should be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, that's another way of saying is, I'm not yet perfect. I haven't arrived. The fruit of the gospel has not been fully realized in my life. That's where I am right now. As I am a child of God, accepted by God. Verse 3. And here's what we do. Everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So what is our business? We're in the purification process. We are to grow and grow and grow and get closer to God and let God get our lives cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. That is the joy of the Christian journey. Our hope and faith in Jesus is the real reason we should seek purity in the life because we are children of God right now. Friend, our relationship with Jesus in the new life demands that we surrender the whole life and not take it for granted that we can cheat on him. In fact, I remember when I was in college, I had a Bible study group going in my room, and there was this young adult, a little older than me, came into the study group and began to give a testimony of his walk with Jesus. 
It was a different kind of testimony. He says, well, you know, I'm witnessing. I went to the bar yesterday and I asked them for a cup of liquor or something and I want to witness. So I want to be relevant. And here I am doing that and they're doing that and together we're together. I go to myself, well, who are you witnessing to? And he was trying to say that you witness by giving in to the other side so that they'll feel like you love them. Is that how we do it? No. God's people understand pure and true. Yes, we're to love others, but never give up on what God has called us to do. We're called to be like Daniel. Daniel purposed in Daniel 1 that he would not defile himself with the king's drink or with the king's food that was off the mark. He would be pure in his time at the University of Babylon. Friend, our relationship with Jesus in the new life demands that we surrender the whole life and not take it for granted that we can cheat on him because we can't. God wants to get inside of you and me and change us every day of our lives as we grow in grace and purity. Psalm 73 verse 1, a psalm of Asaph, truly God is good to the upright, to those who are pure in heart. I ask the question of you, here it is, what is real and authentic religion? Is that a fair question to ask? What is real religion? I put you on the spot here. James, the brother of Jesus, knew. Turn to James one twenty-seven. Here it is. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this. You can't get clear in that statement, can you? What does it say? To visit orphans and widows. And what's the next phrase? In their affliction. And then the second element, to do what? To keep oneself unstained from the world. To live for others, especially people in trouble. That means a service-driven life. And number two, to keep yourself away from the stains of the world so you can really help people. You can't help people if you buy into the world system. Notice here that when you are busy living for others, and especially those in the deepest kind of trouble, you don't have time to fill your mind with the garbage of the world at all. Now I can confess to you that I have been one of those people in the deepest kind of trouble in my life. I grew up in Appalachia. I knew hunger as a young person in this country. And I don't even want to think about the environment I grew up in as a young person. It was horrific. I have had opportunities to share details of it, and I don't do it. There are certain things that I reckon is gone, as history, as garbage for the past, because God has called me to a new life. I don't have to be defined by where I was born, what I went through, what happened to me, and all this stuff. I can be defined by what God has done in Christ through His Word and His providences in my life. But I testify to you that godly people reached out to me. They adopted me into their spiritual family like Paul did Timothy. And I was one of those afflicted orphan types because my dad had died. I had no one in the world to take care of me. I was living far away from home. Couldn't pay my way through academy or nothing. And they made it their business to get me into the kingdom of God. And I never will forget Allie, who had worked at Broadview Academy for years, retired in her 80s, turning to me as I was working for some extra money in her garden off campus. She said, I don't have any children. We never had any kids. But over the years, we've worked with a boy or young man to help him make it. Would you be willing, if we were to adopt you as our son... You know, not with the law, but between us and Jesus. And would you let us be parents for you? I've never had anybody in the world ever offer me anything like that. And I just thought about it for about five seconds. And I thought, what a great deal that is. I said, absolutely. And that dear lady carried me as a spiritual mother all the way through our wedding, through my early days in ministry, to when I came to Reaching Hearts International. 
amazing impact on my life. She lived out that pure religion. And she kept herself unstained from the world. That's how she could love us. Friend, loving, faith-filled, servant-driven Christians strive to remain unstained from the corruptions of the world. They give. They're not just takers. They give. They give. What we see, what we hear, what we do matters to God and Jesus Christ. Pure religion is God's religion. God hasn't called us to be someone else's critic. How easy it is to say, well, you know, this person here is messing up. Look at what they did in the church. How many of you like to be on the short end of that? It's pretty awful, isn't it? God didn't bring you to church to be the critic of somebody else who's struggling. I want every person who's messed up who God will bring to come to church. I want us to live with that reality as the love of God is heard and preached and lived out for their good and ours also. The church is a hospital for people like that. And there may be a time or two when you're the person that needs that kind of treatment. There should be no place for criticism that would diminish someone's worth and value in the church. And we've all sinned against God in the wrong way by doing it, but we must not. And so he calls us to look inside ourselves and let the Word of God clean it out for real in here because real religion is pure religion that is his religion. Proverbs fifteen twenty six: The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. The words of the pure are pleasing to him. Boy, a word of encouragement is worth a whole lot more than a word of criticism. Solomon asked the question that we need to ask when we interact with God's Word in our daily lives. How can I be clean and pure in my relationship with God when I have sinned? Is that a good question? How can I be pure when I messed up? It's a good question. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say... I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. He's asking the question. Paul says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we've all messed up. We've all fallen short. We've all soiled our garments at some point in our life. Don't act like you haven't. You have. There's no one perfect here except the person who's lying because no one is perfect. So Solomon asks the important question, who can be pure when sin has stained our lives, my life? It's a relevant question. The answer follows in verse 11. Even a child makes himself known by his acts, whether what he does is pure and right. Friend, there is a tremendous power in simply doing what is right. You may have a life of failures, but when you make a choice by the power of God to do what is right, right now, right now, as you're growing, when you choose to do what is right and pure, and you act on it by doing it because of Jesus' power and presence in your life right now. Those actions in the now moment of your life define who you are and who you will be, not the past. In the gospel, we are not the sum of our mistakes in the past because of justification by faith. Rather, we are who we choose to be right now as we follow Jesus every day of our lives. The beloved John told us that those who follow Jesus will walk as Jesus walked because they walk with Jesus. So there are no fake Christians who follow Jesus. Yeah, they may be vulnerable, they may have made mistakes, but they're transparent, they're in the business of walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Friend, Jesus is the model, and Jesus is the man in linen in Daniel who makes his people pure. God will put you through some awful stuff, I found, if that's what it takes to make you pure. Don't be surprised if you have a vital flaw of character. You go through a challenge that makes it evident that you have that flaw in character. God wants you to be pure. So we are disciplined. The Lord says, those whom I love, I discipline and reprove. 
Mahatma Gandhi read the New Testament a lot, and even though he never accepted Jesus, as I understand him, he gleaned some pretty good truths from the Bible. Gandhi said this, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. I like that statement. I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Edward Council, in his work on maxims, said, Purity is the diamond of the soul. In the book of Revelation, the angels in heaven are dressed in pure linen like the man in linen in Daniel 10 and 12. It's Jesus. The redeemed in Revelation 19 are given white robes that are pure and bright like the man in linen in the book of Daniel. In fact, the souls are on the altar looking for the day of the resurrection personified as crying out how long. They're given white robes because their future is a gift, the white linen. The streets of gold the righteous will walk on for all eternity are transparent streets and pure because purity is the quality of the righteous who will walk with God for all eternity. Streets of transparent gold, pure gold. And so the transparent people of God will be clearly seen to be pure people for God who walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Nathaniel Hawthorne in his book, The Scarlet Letter, wrote this, A pure hand needs no glove to cover it. Purity is transparent and clean. There are times in life when we mess up, and even bad at times, I've done that. You're looking at me. Well, I have. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've messed up too. I'm in that club. There are times when we let the Lord down. I've let the Lord down. Have you let the Lord down? Nod your head up and down. I have let the Lord down, right? There are times when our robe is stained. I mean, I'm looking at my coat here. And I have to remember, I have stained my robe of righteous life by unrighteous things at times. Have you? You can nod your head up and down. I'm in that club. Yep, that's me. When you come to Jesus and you confess your sins to him and you are transparent with him. Remember, purity is transparency. You're transparent with him in your closet, on your knees, with no one else around. You don't talk so people will hear your prayer. You talk to God so you and him can interact. Jesus cleans the robe with you and for you, with you and him alone in that closet. That's the beautiful thing. That's how it happens, in the secret place, which is the center of the Sermon on the Mount, the secret place with God in prayer, your own mind. 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess what? What does it say? Our sins. And look at the outcome. He is faithful and just. Just means legally Okay, he can do this and not break his law. He is faithful and just. It doesn't use a subjunctive here. It uses a future tense verb. And will forgive our sins. And will, in the original, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now who does that? Jesus does that. What do we do? We're transparent. We confess our sins. That's what purity is. You can be pure as you're struggling with sin. You can be purely honest with God. Transparent. And God works in you for his glory. Friend, Christian purity is characterized in the scriptures, a state of honest transparency with God. When you're honest with God and not a fake to others in your struggle and walk as a Christian, you hold the attribute of transparent purity. That's why purity is a call for the fruits of the Spirit and the gentle reason in the church. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. 
That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend a live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. You know, sometimes people get this idea that they can show their Christianity by getting mad. Oh, I stood up for righteousness. I told that unbeliever off. I pointed my righteous finger at him and I said, in the name of the Lord, you have led the church astray. And people feel good doing that. You ever hear someone do that? I have. And they think they're the God's gift to the church. Now look, there's a time to stand up. Do it as Jesus would do it. With tears in his voice, with brokenness in his heart, love for the people he's rebuking. But no, I mean, this kind of folk are different. That's not purity. When you fight and scrape to get your way in the church, there's no Christian purity in this attitude and action. It's not there. The wise Christian is the pure Christian whose attitudes and frame of mind reflect the person of Jesus Christ. Christ was humble. He washed the feet of those who were bickering and arguing. He was a servant, and thus the character of God was manifest in him. He bore abuse without complaint, and thus he is the king of the universe by moral virtue. Give me more Jesus and less of me is my prayer. That is the call to purity. James 3.17, look what it says. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits without uncertainty or insincerity. The spirit of prophecy is right in there with the scripture on this point that James is making. So where does change start? Does it change with trying to change the life? Or does it start with a heart relationship with Jesus? It starts with a pure heart, doesn't it? How many times in life do we try to change our actions without examining our attitudes and values as Christians? I've done it. Friend, real religion is heartfelt religion that governs the life, that directs its course in a spirit-carried kind of river that is the path of righteousness. We are carried by God's grace in the flow of the Holy Spirit. We don't overcome because we're strong. A pure heart results in a righteous life A pure heart is a gift from God in Jesus. Proverbs 21, verse 8, The way of the guilty is crooked, but the conduct of the pure is right. So how can you tell what is right for your life? Is that a good question to ask? How can I really be practical in figuring out what to do and not to do in life? Now, how many of you like to be told what to do? No hands went up. How many of you like not to be told what to do? Okay, my hand's going up. I've noticed in my... Mentoring of my older sons, it's hard to mentor adult sons because when they were children, I told them what to do. You do this, you do that. And when you slip into that, they get mad because they're adults. Adults don't like to be told what to do. Well, guess what? God wants you to figure out what is right based on his word in your life. He wants you to figure out what to do. Is that fair? So every Christian has to honestly struggle with the choices that he or she will make in his or her own personal walk with Jesus. Hebrews 8.11 says they shall all know me. Every person will be able to integrate God's word and make good decisions in their life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And no one can do it for you. You, in your walk with Jesus, you've got to learn to grow up and be sound and mature and righteous in your relation with God by interacting with the Bible. Paul was in prison. He put the principles on paper in the book of Philippians that give us the clear outline of how we can do it. Here they are, Philippians 4.8. 
In fact, it's Philippians 4, 8, and 9. You should circle those verses in your Bible. They are a practical guide for making honest decisions in the life. Finally, brethren, let's look at the list. Whatever is true, whatever is what? Repeat, honorable, right? Whatever is what? Just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, thank you. If there's any, what? Excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. There it is. That's the path to purity. That's the outline. I didn't come up with this. God's word has it. If you take these verses as your divine guide, you will get it right in your life. You don't need somebody to tell you what to do. Those words will guide you. When you want to watch a movie, put it to the Bible test in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Look, we're inundated with media in our culture. Let's face it. You get on the internet and it comes at you. They have these little things that figure out who you are. And they, it's like the devil shapes temptation just for you based on your internet links. We know that to be true. So when you watch a movie, when you make a conscious decision to engage in entertainment, it would be easy to just call, well, Pastor Mike, do you think I should watch this movie or not? I don't like calls like that. I'd rather you apply those principles in your life. Is it true, honorable, just, pure, and lovely? Is that fair to ask that question? Excellence in it. Gracious. Well, if it is, yeah, watch the movie. Now, not that the movie can be perfect all the time, but if it can be used toward that end honestly, without being manipulative, but you've got to pray hard, you can make a good decision. When you want to read a book, put it to the Bible test. Is it true, honorable, just, pure, and lovely? Does it help my character or does it diminish my character? When you surf the internet, put it to the Bible test. Is that picture, that image, that sight, pure, honorable, just, pure and lovely? When you choose friends, I mean, friends can help you get to heaven. Friends can help you go to the wrong place. When you choose friends who can influence you in life and for life, choose them well by the test. And that includes the person you're going to marry. Are they seeking to be true, honorable, just, pure, and lovely? Paul modeled to Timothy. Remember, Timothy means honoring God. He modeled to Timothy, whose name means honoring God, that the younger generation, purity and purpose in the new life. He lived it. Now, Paul was not perfect. Paul could err. We have evidences of times when he said, I've sinned. I've messed up. But we're talking about the path of purity, the consistency of his life, the trend of his life, as he grew better at it, as he got older, became a mentor. Timothy modeled it also as a youth and young adult leader in the early church. He caught on early. He was early on in his experience with God, more so than Paul. And the fruits were well worth it. He took Paul's ministry and made it happen in the early apostolic church. Paul says the God of peace will be with you if you take his counsel to heart. How many of you want God with you? I want God with me. Okay. I need God's peace in my life. That means I need the purity of the man in linen. I need the man in linen, Jesus, in my life. What about you? You need Jesus in your life? Yeah. Dear heart, Jesus is the key to purity and purpose and the new life. When we live a deliberate life, knowing that Christ is with us, his presence is near us, we won't be practicing sin. We will be finding ways to live for him. When you make your difficult choices, and don't let someone else make them for you. Don't let someone browbeat you. No, you struggle with those choices. When you make your difficult choices, and that you must do, choose the first choice. Choose Jesus, the man in linen. And he'll make sure you get it right by applying those principles 
and living for Him in a transparent kind of way so you can walk in white for all eternity just like Him. Dear Father God, thank You so much that we have the chance, not just the chance, the golden opportunity to be pure, to be purified and refined as the prophet Daniel said, so that we will be the fulfillment of the prophecy when it says the wise that are purified will understand. Lord, may we use the knowledge of your word, the presence of Christ in our life, to help those dear men and women all around us know that Jesus loves them. Father, may we have pure and undefiled religion in this place where we're activists in a way, not to tear down things, but to build people up, to restore lives, to reach out into our community, to make it our business to be in the saving business. And Lord, help us to always keep ourselves to where Jesus is at hand. And nothing we say, do, or think would dishonor him. So Lord, give us the presence of Jesus. The purity is in the presence. Bless your dear people here, Lord. If anyone here in their life has ever failed you, which I have, may they know, based on the word of God, that he is faithful, that he will forgive and cleanse, and that the purity of Christ is also the faith of Jesus, that we have it by faith. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. May your people be cared for and blessed this week. Keep them safe from the cold, safe from fear, and safe from anything. And bring us back to church in Jesus' name next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Mike, and thank you for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude Purity and Purpose in the New Life, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.